Hi, I'm Tony Kramer with RDO Equipment Company. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 158, and today we are going to be talking about sprayer nozzle selection. Before we dive into the show, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You can subscribe to the show on the many different podcasting apps that we're streaming this out to, such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, we've got it on Stitcher, Overcast, SoundCloud, as well as many others. While you're out there, drop us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Lastly, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter, at RDO Tony K. Now with that, let's get back to the show. I am very excited to welcome Rex Guthland, who is an independent sprayer consultant for John Deere. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Rex. To get started, let's hear a little bit more about you and your background and how you got involved in this industry. Yeah, thank you, Tony. What I'm going to try to do is is go back to the beginning of my uh, career in application technology, and that's that takes me back to the late 70s, where I was a, a crop consultant uh, for a large company. Uh, and uh, after doing that, I, I realized that most of my growers were using flat fans or extended range, and now and then we'd get ourselves in trouble uh, when we're out there applying our crop protection chemistry. Uh, Traflon was easy. We put a raindrop on there in a disc kit, and we just had to make sure we, we had the disc set right so we got a good surface blend. During that time, Everybody was using an 80 degree flat fan, uh, and, you know, because they drifted less than 110, and we couldn't really stand that drift. And we were limited from 15 to 60 psi was our speed range. Then, right about the start of the 80s, uh, the whole drift guard tips, and all drift guard tips were was a pre-orifice tip with a flat fan exit, so you'd see 40 psi at the pre-orifice, but the tip would actually only see 20 PSI. So it allowed us a better range without those fine droplets. And drift guards were taking off quite well until there was another major innovation in the industry. And that was the early 80s when there was a product that was made by somebody, made by, I'm gonna talk about other people's tips, the Turbo T, which was a pre-orifice flood tip with with a slight angle to it. And what was cool about the Turbo T, and I recommended a lot of them as a consultant, was I could run them from 15 PSI to 40 PSI and have a non-drifting tip. But then if I wanted contact and fungicides and insecticides, I'd run them from 50, and they were labeled all the way up to 90 PSI. So it gave me a great speed range. During that time, what happened, at that time, we were maybe 8 to 12 miles an hour with the coupes that we were using. And so, you know, it was okay. But then all of a sudden the machines started getting faster and quicker. And all of a sudden we started to realize that we were exceeding the pressure of the turbo T's and any flat fan that was out there to match that speed that we were going. And we were causing a lot of drift. So what the industry decided then, right when the turbo T was taking off, a gentleman in Europe developed the AI tip, an air induction chamber, prior to a tip. 
So my best tip at that time was an air induction chamber with a turbo T on it so I never got in trouble and it gave me larger pressure ranges and I could drive faster. And so the AI tips have done more to mitigate off-target trespass than any other uh, innovation or invention in the history of spraying. And the nice thing about the fellow that developed it, Stephen Graft, who I'm sorry he's passed away, he did not, he patented it, but he let it, the industry have it. He got no funds from his patent, his innovative patent. And so all air induction tips are based on Stephen's patent. And now you see this proliferation of air induction tips. And about that time, all of a sudden, in the mid 80s, we started having Roundup ready. Uh, and so all the things that we had to do with all the different chemistry we're using with the blazer and the bassagrans and all the post-emerge, the whole lawns of fusillate, they kind of went out the window because we had Roundup and it killed everything. And it also took away from chemical injection because Roundup kills everything. I don't need chemical injection. And so that kind of progressed to where companies looked at we are spending less time over that target with that flat fan type pattern. And that brought on the thicker pattern. So a lot of the new technology you see today is a thick pattern. And when I say thick pattern, I mean from front to back, it's pretty doggone wide. And we all went to 110 or 120 degree tips because we wanted that overlap and we wanted to get our boom closer to the ground because the best way of controlling drift in the old days was get that boom as close to the target as you possibly could. And that's where the ultra low drift came in in the early 2000s and it took off. Because the other thing we saw back then is when we, we started using very low carrier rates in some markets, where other markets, you know, they would do 10, uh, they would do 10 for, for Roundup, and then fungicides, insecticides, they'd do 15. But we started going to 7.5, and we went to 5, because then we got more acres per load. And we had the tips that allowed us to do that, because we could get the number of droplets without the drift. The next big innovation that happened was we realized this time over target, we weren't spending enough time over that small weed because we were driving so fast. So the industry came out with twin patterns. So you got two, two patterns coming out of the same tip, both front and back. And then what Hypro did is they came out with the Guardian Air Twin, which was an air inducted twin pattern. And in the old days, to get that, back in the early seven, late 70s and 80s, I was paying $30 to $40 for the complete assembly. Now, I can buy what that tip did for less than $8. And so economically, it was, it was fantastic. And it wasn't hanging down below the boom, getting broken off. And that's where you're seeing more and more people moved away from the old long AIs because the droplets were too big. And in fact, they got so big that under low carrier volumes, they wouldn't get enough contact because they're, they're systemic and they weren't doing the job. So they needed a different type tip. And that's where the ultra low drift came on. And then the twin patterns. 
using that same technology, thicker patterns, more time over the target because of the speed that we're covering. And there's still a lot of people that say you can't go more than X miles an hour, and it's because of that time over target. The slower the, you go, the better the tips are going to perform. But in the reality, we can't do that. We've got a lot of acres to cover. We want to use the least amount of carrier volume that we can. And so we have to adjust our tips to the applications that we need. Now, since the twin pattern, now we've come up with more regulations on how to put on certain chemistries, whether it's whether it's a Liberty, which requires great contact, where you need that twin pattern in smaller droplets, or it's the ultra, ultra coarse droplets that you have to use for your dicamba applications. Now, at the same time, we've taken the gallons per acre up. No longer can you go out there at 10. You're all the way to 15 and 20 on these labels because we don't want those small droplets and we got to get that coverage. It's the number of droplets that are most important on how well the chemistry works, whether it's systemic or whether it's contact. So things are changing, they continue to change. Um, one way of overcoming not getting coverage is more water, but then more water means that I carry more carrier volumes, I can't get as many loads in a day, and I'm spending more time filling uh, my systems up. So that's kind of been the, the progress. And again, there are more and more tips coming out uh, that can seem to be confusing, but they're all based on the needs of what the North American farmer has to have in order to get the job done. And that's where John Deere is continually working on how to make the best tip and get the best job and the best application with the least environmental impact for everybody. Yeah, it's no question that with your history and your career of what you've done going back to the 70s, Rex, and, and how you came up and your knowledge of, of nozzles and, and how it's changed. So we're, we're here right now today at the North Dakota Ag Expo. A lot of application stuff here. We see all the technology, the new stuff that's out there. And, and the one thing that I want to emphasize on all of this and where we're going with this conversation and nozzle selection and the importance of nozzle selection isn't just based off of a, a traditional pressure application with a, a three or a five-way nozzle body or if you're running exact apply or a, a Hawkeye or an aim command system it all comes into play the importance of nozzle selection like you said Rex is it, it's the technology of the nozzle itself plus the chemistry we're putting on and how we're doing that so let's just talk to our listeners listeners a little bit about some of these new nozzles that have come out and and the technology that's being utilized and where John Deere is going in the future to continue on this path of bettering our application efficacy and and just getting better in the application space to adhere to EPA regulations. Yeah, exactly. And I also want to mention Tony, this is the most exciting time um, in agriculture when it comes to application technology. The equipment that we have today, what it does and how it does it and how easy it is to use once you understand. Once you have that basic understanding of droplet size, of speed, of pressure, and how much time you're going to spend over the target, you can use all that knowledge that you've gained over the years and you can, you can really pick the best possible tip 
for all the different environmental and climate and weather conditions that you're posed with. There's just a lot of options out there. I'm sorry it could be really confusing at times, but one of the best resources that I use all the time whenever I'm talking to a grower is the John Deere Equipment Plus or Apply Plus app. Because on that app, it tells me that if I'm doing 20 PSI, I'm going to put on this many gallons, and my pressure is going to be this. It tells me exactly what my speed is. It tells me what my pressure is. It tells me as I start increasing speed where my pressure is. And so it lets me think about a tip. I want a pattern that I get at 40 PSI. And I can look and see, okay, this size tip will let me go 8 miles an hour. Or this size tip will let me go 12. So that John Deere app with the code on the side that tells you what type of droplet. One thing we didn't talk about is that all of us now are using the same standard when it comes to classifying tips, whether they're ultra coarse, which are the biggest, whether they're um, extremely coarse, very coarse, coarse, medium, fine, and now we got very fine, which would be your typical hollow cone. So all that data is right there on your cell phone in the John Deere Apply Plus app, and you can use that, you can use that data, and you can look at that size, and you can take the tip that you're using, it may not be a John Deere tip, and you know exactly what spray quality has been doing the job for you, keeping your neighbors happy, and keeping your chemistry where it belongs to get the best possible job. So it's a fantastic app. It's one of the best ones, and it's been out now since 2017 and it keeps getting better and better and better, but not too confusing once you have a basic understanding of application technology. And that's a really good point you bring up, Rex, that, that one, a couple good points actually that I want to key in on. One is this is not specific to John Deere sprayer tips or nozzles. This is across the industry. You had talked about moving to kind of an industry standard when it comes to droplet size. Um, there, there's other, the other manufacturers, the, the T-Jets and the others have their, their nozzle selection guys, but they're using that same, the same standard when it comes to droplet size. And the other thing you talked about is just understanding the science of application. Because if you think about it, you know, spraying a product or spraying a chemistry, the science behind it hasn't changed. Spraying a product is spraying a product. It's the same products we had 20 years ago. Exactly. So what has changed is the ability to key in on specific nozzles for specific applications. And that's one of the things I think is helping growers the most in this space is Gone are the days of use back in the 70s and 80s of using the flat fan for everything because it was a great universal nozzle. Those great those days were great, but now we have more options. And again, not to make it confusing, but we have more options that are going to better the application of the product. It's going to increase our efficacy. It's going to reduce input costs. It's going to do all of that. Exactly. And it it just gets better and better and better. So regulations, we all have to live with them, but some of them are good because they make us stop and think and reevaluate what we're doing it and why we're doing it. And if you you got to ask yourself those questions whenever you're doing anything on the farm. Why am I doing? Why did I do it? Do I really need to be doing that in the future? And how do, what changes do I need to make to be more efficient, to be more effective, to raise the best possible crop, to keep my neighbors happy 
and everybody else in town happy that I'm not making a mess out there and, and giving us all a bad name or a black eye. Right, absolutely. And it's whether it's drift mitigation or you're trying to increase the, the application or carrier rates are changing based on labels, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But if you just take the time to understand the simple science behind liquid application, it's, it's really not that confusing once you take that time. Now, Rex, you mentioned the, uh, the nozzle selection app and the, the Apply Plus app with John Deere and everything that's out there. What, let's talk a little bit, what are resources that growers can use above and beyond uh, the John Deere app and anything that's out there that, that growers have the ability to utilize to make the educated decision yeah. on nozzles? Well, every company out there now has an app. I mean, everybody has an app on their specific spray tips. Uh, what I'm saying in my experience is John Deere has the very best app. And understanding, because my John Deere app will let me do conventional, it will let me do exact apply and PWM, and it also lets me do auto select. So it lets me do everything and it gives me so much information but again it's a lot better than going through a manual or a book and then trying to draw a line on what my pressure is and what my speed is it tells me dead and any red tip is going to do the same thing at that many miles an hour and that pressure the only difference is going to be what size droplets are they making so droplet classification is key and we're all in the same standard we all have the same test procedures so I can match up any tip that you have with the John Deere tip and I can take any John Deere tap and match it up with somebody else's and be very, very confident that I'm giving a good recommendation. Yeah, no, I agree. That nozzle selection app from John Deere is amazing. Gone are the days of those those flow charts and trying to line things up with uh, speed and pressure and rate and all of that stuff. And nozzle so, spacing. Yeah, nozzle spacing. And then now with carriers. I mean, is it liquid nitrogen? Is it water? I mean, your 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 specific gravity changes. It makes that calculation for you. Yep, yep. We're we're definitely there's starting to be more and more cocktails that are getting mixed and. and and a lot more factors involved. So it's nice to be able to utilize technology like the apps that are out there to be able to make that nozzle selection. So Rex, I just want to thank you for taking the time here at the Northern Egg Expo to sit down with me, uh, discuss your extensive knowledge of uh, nozzles. It's really cool to hear the history going back to the 70s and where it came today. So thank you again for doing this. You're welcome, Joan, anytime. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. If you have questions about the technology and products discussed, or have ideas about future episodes, please leave them in the comments below. You can also subscribe to RDO's YouTube channel and be in the know about each episode, or tune in on any streaming service. Thanks again for listening.